midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me today, as always, is uh, Jedi Master Logan Stump. Hello there. And uh, the bounty hunter that has taken all of our hearts, uh, Matt Hargrove. I thought this was a Marvel podcast, not a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. It's neither, actually. But uh, uh, it is May the fourth. <laughs> probably the day you're listening to this. It's, it's probably May the fourth. That's the day. Oh God, that confused after, me, Jordan. I was like, after we released the third. <laughs> after we released, well, oh, we're recording this the evening of the third. So you're probably listening on the fourth. So may the fourth be with you. Uh, check out Bad Batch on Disney Plus. Then hashtag not an ad, just uh, something. I think you should probably watch. Anyway, let's get into the Premier League, uh, which has had an eventful weekend, maybe. Uh, Definitely in the case of off the field, or in this case, on the field actions, where supporters of Manchester United ran onto the field, uh, somehow got in the stadium, overwhelmed security, get into the stands, laying on the nets and taking pictures as they sit atop the goal and losing their shoe and the steward handing them the shoe back. It was an eventful uh, Sunday or Saturday, whatever day it was. Was it Saturday? Or was it yesterday? No, it was Saturday. When... Yeah, it was Saturday. It was Sunday. It was, it was Sunday. Sunday. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It was Holy Sunday. crap, it was yeah. yesterday. That was a wow. long day. It was. <laughs> I'm like, that feels like a few days ago. No, it is uh, just uh, yesterday this happened. And it happened well before kickoff. Uh, The teams weren't at the stadium yet, supposedly. They were still at their hotels. So the game did not go forward. It was postponed. Uh, I don't think we'll know when it happens, maybe. Um, I don't know how they're going to do that with the TV deals. I feel like they're going to have to announce when it is in advance so people know to tune in. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. They are a little weary of it happening again, but uh, I do want to just say, uh, I think, uh, I I do think that NBC Sports presented this in a very odd way, from what I saw of it. I mean, Logan, what did you make of it? I didn't think that this was as nearly as bad as uh, what was being. Uh, talked about on TV. In all honesty, I, like 
it doesn't look like anybody was hurt. Yes, they shouldn't be on the grounds, but they did leave after a certain amount of time. Um, they, they, I'd say the worst part that they did was destroy uh, some camera equipment. So that's no good. But uh, I don't think players would have actually been in any danger. I don't think it's any sort of protest like that. It's certainly not storming the Capitol. What was your thoughts here on the way that uh, this was, I guess, broadcast? And what are your thoughts as Manchester United fans? Uh, they've been protesting against the Glazers for at least 11 years as they uh, are finally fed up. Uh, they've been fed up for 11 years as well, but... You know, uh, the Glazer situation is certainly not getting any better. Uh, what was your thoughts on all of this? I think my favorite thing was the tweet that went around. Uh, that was basically like it was a bunch of Tottenham fans breaking into Man United to see what trophies look like. <laughs> I think that was my favorite tweet. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, Matt was actually updating me, honestly. Uh, I had no idea what was going on until Matt was texting me. And it's like, hey, like they're, they're on the pitch. I was like, what do you mean they're on the pitch? Because then I had to think about like, wait, they're not. The fans aren't back yet. So they actually like busted through the barriers and the security. Um but no, I, I think that it that again. It they wanted their own version of storming the capital, I guess. Um, so they stormed Manchester United, um, and it, it looked like a scene right out of uh, Game of Thrones, right? And a bunch of just blood and guts. And no, it was uh, it was really tame. It uh, what a couple of uh, those little colorful bomb like things thrown, the flares or whatever they are, smokes. Um, but no, I, I guess just listening to it, I mean. I get it. The Glazers are not uh, there. People aren't big fans of the Glazers and people aren't big fans of some of these owners now. Um, rightfully so. But I, again, it, it's tough because I don't think it lands a message to the owners. I don't think it really bothers them at all. They haven't really been involved. So no, I, I, it, I thought the coverage was kind of interesting just because it was like, okay, I think it's just an extent of like, Hey, this is exciting. And really we, pretty much have the whole league wrapped up so we don't really have much else to cover so let's talk about these uh guys just breaking in and going onto the pitch and uh if the worst thing they're going to do is break cameras and we can move on then i guess we can move on but it yeah i thought it was interesting that that was what ate up most of the time and i can't imagine what it looked like over in england i bet all their tvs were tuned into that i mean they actually missed a goal i think at the arsenal game we're headed in split screen <laughs> because they wanted to show these people walking down a ramp. It was uh, kind of bizarre. Uh, Matt, what was your thoughts as you saw this? Because uh, do you think this affects the Glazers at all, or, or are you leaning more with Logan? How does this, how's this go? I'm leaning more with Logan. I, don't, I guess I don't personally understand. I, I, I understand from a perspective that the fans wanted to do something to try to like put it in their face or like force their hand, but I don't really understand storming a field before a game where they already don't have match revenue in terms of tickets. So it's not like you canceled a game that fans were going to, but then you also TV revenue is paid out prior. So they already got money for this game. And I, I understand that they're, they've already like tried to schedule a second one. Apparently like, uh, the rumor is that the game, really the only time the game could be played besides had it been played today, is the weekend of May 15th, 16th. And that's like somebody on Reddit already posted that they were already trying to get like a, 
over there, they're already trying to get like another riot going for that. And I was like, okay, like, what are you, you're not really getting anything out of this. I know a lot of people were like, yeah, this is the fans and we're taken back, but I don't think the owners are going to care that much. If anything, you're going to make them more secure in the stadium because they're going to be like, we're not letting this happen again. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think it was wasting time and in all fairness, like it kind of sucks for both teams because there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of what's going to happen. Is the game going to get played? When can they play it? Um, can't play it after because of the Euros. So that's just kind of like an agreement. Plus United's probably going to be playing in Europa final. Um, so it, it, I don't know. I, I don't think it does anything and it's just going to get blown over. And I don't personally like the fact that, you know, people like Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville are like praising this kind of thing when, I mean, they work for Sky Sports, who was making people pay 15 bucks to watch Sheffield West Brom. So it's not like your company isn't exactly helping in this scenario. Like you're working for other people who are trying to get the most money. Um, I don't know. But that's not why they were upset with the Glazers, though. I mean, this stretches back before the Super League. And I mean, the Glazers have kind of used the uh, stolen money from the club, you know, like used the profits and spent it outside of the club and i think that mm. is mainly what they are frustrated about um I, I think everybody should listen to what Carragher says because it, you know this isn't I, I know some pundits were kind of like saying oh they wouldn't be doing this if they were first place i'm not so sure if that's the case because they've been protesting even when back in the ferguson days when they were winning um and uh playing in champions league finals and champions league semifinals in 2010 so uh, I do think this is something that they are kind of using the most recent thing to help bring light to it again. And I do think I do think this can work. And the reason why I think this can work is because if they were able to postpone this game, if they did this every single week, then Manchester United doesn't play another game all season. It creates havoc. It's embarrassing for the Glazers. And at some point you have to think, when is it? And this is probably wishful thinking and, you know, whatever, but... When is it too much of a hassle for us as owners? Because if they're going to do this every single time, or if they can do this every single time, and they keep trying to do this, then one, it's embarrassing because it's our names being plastered around saying they hate us, right? And two, uh, our team can't even get a game going. And then, you know, I, I really hope that whenever fans are allowed back in, that the United fans do protest and continue to protest that they really want the the Glazers out by not showing up, by making sure they don't get that gate revenue. Uh, You know, whatever. Obviously, breaking cameras and stuff, not a big fan of that. So uh, don't break anything. Just, uh, you know, being enough of a nuisance where they don't play a game uh, and you're not actually making it not safe for the players. Like, uh, I feel like this was a precautionary postponement because I really don't think the players would have been any harm. The the, the team, you know, the fans don't hate any of these players. It's the Glazers themselves and it's them trying to make a point. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Obviously, if they think, okay, that one time was enough, then it's not going to do anything. But if they like get a second postponement of something, or if they, you know, when, when fans are back in and they keep protesting and they keep doing this stuff, I think it might be at some point enough for them to 
for the Glaciers to be like, this is not enough. Like, I would not want to be an owner. And, you know, I get it. They make money and stuff. But I would not be want to be an owner where my fans are constantly hating me and stopping my team from playing games and bringing and, and, and being like embarrassing to me that like they hate me so much. They don't even want to see the team play. Uh, and I, I don't think it has anything to do with the, you know, Manchester City title or anything. But, uh, yeah, maybe I'm just thinking to uh too highly of of what this could do you know but we did see some fan stuff make some changes before but you know well i guess we'll see where it goes logan any any thoughts on this at all uh again here as we kind of try to wrap it up i'll let you guys respond to anything i said or you guys can move on doesn't matter to me i, I like i hope it i hope like what you said that that they somehow feel it, whether it's in the pocket or, you know, just their name being just absolutely drug through the mud at this point. Um, I, f- I feel like a name that big, um, talking about Manchester United, not the Glazers, uh, that even in America that would start to be felt. Uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of fans over here that don't like them now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do. I hope that it, it has an effect on on their pocketbook i hope it affects their everyday business operation because i think that what they try to do and the slimy stuff that they've done before and pumping money into their other teams that they own and stuff it's it, it is it's it's unfortunate and as a city fan like looking over our shoulders over at our neighbors and you know how much that shakes loved and uh, and how much the glazers are hated in that city um it's interesting because because i mean we they're a very passionate group about shake Mansoor. they lo- they like him you know, and, and I think the way that he backed out quickly with uh, Chelsea, too, I think that that saved some name for him. And I think that that showed that he was not so much on like, hey, I want to get a part of this. It was more of like, I'm getting left behind kind of thing. So I think that that and it's been, you know, and Shakes put a bunch of money into the team. So that's that's helped. But as a as a city fan looking at United, I, I do. I feel bad. I, they've turned into I mean, besides Arsenal, I think they've turned into this laughing stock of a team that uh, it was such a treasured club. And I think that now it's it does. It's kind of has this weird like stigma to it where you you think about United and you just kind of chuckle because it's like, you know, they're not really a big threat. Another big thing about it, too, is that apparently, you know, like I said, that, that they stole money from the club. They're putting it to other uses. Old Trafford, you know, apparently could use some upgrades. The the uh, yeah. the training fields could as well because they said that's been an issue with recruiting players is that their facilities are starting to really fall behind some of these other clubs. And that is, how is that possible when you have these huge deals with like Chevrolet and these huge mm-hmm. deals with, with these, you know what I'm saying? It's because you're... And, and who's really the last expensive player they brought in? Pogba? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. other than that, I can't think of like an a player that was like, "Whoa, what a exciting signing that was!" Like, right. so they're obviously not spending it on the team. They're not spending it on the field. So they're spending it outside of the club, and that rightfully is pissing off the fans. Uh, so I implore you to keep on protesting. Just don't break things. Uh, it's my thing. Uh, if you're Maybe they thought, oh, this is another way to delay the game for sure, because then Sky won't be able to use their cameras or whatever. But uh, just uh, just don't do that. Um, so I, I think it's ridiculous NBC spent so much time on it, to be honest. Uh, 
you know, to the part where you're split screening it and really nothing exciting was happening at the time. I don't think that they were split screening it. I saw some like clips of it was literally people walking downstairs past the stewards and like nothing was happening. And you have like Arsenal scoring a goal. So, uh, wasn't that remarkable. Um, the first part of it was with like the flares and stuff, but there, there were some times where that was at like halftime of the Arsenal game, I think. Um, I guess we can talk some real games now. Uh, the games that were not postponed. We had a Friday game with Leicester City versus Southampton. That finished 1-1. Southampton gets another red card. I feel like we're talking about their red cards a lot. They also get a penalty where they score... Uh, James Ward-Prowse scores, and then seven minutes later, Johnny Evans scores, and that's how that match ends, 1-1. We had Manchester City defeat Crystal Palace 2-0. Sergio Aguero scored his first goal in, like, 800 days. I'm just kidding. I don't know how long it was. And uh, then Ferran Torres scored in the 59th minute, so only a two-minute gap there. And uh, puts them right on the footsteps of winning the title. Um, I think. What is it? A win with Liverpool or a draw? What is it that gets them the title? A win, three points gets win. City the title, or a Manchester United loss. Oh, okay. City will probably win before Liverpool play, or before or Manchester United. United plays again. Let's just keep postponing those games. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brighton. The boys in blue, the Seagulls, Logan, beat Leeds 2-0. Pascal Gross gets a penalty 14 minutes in. Danny Welbeck, former uh, former Manchester United player, former Arsenal player, Danny Welbeck, scores to make it 2-0 over Leeds. Chelsea, go ahead. That was a great game. I was watching that game, of course. Um, but, uh, no, it was good. Danny Welbeck's goal was like old school. Uh, it was a nice touch, but one thing with that, with Brighton, if they add any kind of attacking piece, they'll be a pretty good team because their defense is, is really good, but that's all I have to say about Brighton. I, I just love watching them play. Chelsea beat Fulham 2-0. Kai Havertz scored two goals. Timo Werner assisting the second one. Mason Mount assisting the first one. And not much to say there. And that London derby. Uh, Everton lose to Aston Villa 2-1. to one. Ollie Watkins scores 13 minutes in. Calvert-Lewin scores 19 minutes in. And Al Ghazi scores 80 minutes in to get Aston Villa all three points. Arsenal, we talked about them a little bit. They beat Newcastle 2-0. Uh, Mohamed Elneny uh, scored five minutes in for Arsenal. And then Aubameyang, my golden boot winner, uh, scores 66 minutes in for what's probably his third goal or something. Uh, so he's not winning that. Tottenham win 4-0 over Sheffield United. You have Gareth Bale hat trick. That's right. And then Hungmin Sun scoring the fourth goal in the 77th minute. West Brom won. Wolves won. This was a Monday game with Owen Adesui. U.S. men's player getting the start. Uh, Fabio Silva scores 45 minutes plus two. And then uh, Digne scored in the 62nd minute for West Brom, and that ended 1-1. And then Burnley-West Ham with Chris Wood scoring a penalty for Burnley 19 minutes in. Then Mikel Antonio scoring 
two goals in seven minutes or eight minutes, 21st and 29th minute to get West Ham the three points. So if we look at the table right now, we got Manchester City up top with 80 points. Manchester United in second with 67. They have a game in hand due to the postponement. Leicester in third with 63 points. Chelsea in fourth with 61 points. West Ham in fifth with 58 points. Tottenham in sixth with 56 points. And Liverpool in seventh with 54 points. Everton in eighth with 52. That's probably where the cutoff ends. You have Arsenal in ninth with 49. Aston Villa in tenth with 48. Leeds in 11th with 47. And then you have a five-point gap with Wolves in 12th with 42. Crystal Palace in 13th with 38. Brighton in 14th with 37. Southampton in 15th with 37 points. Burnley in 16th with 36. Newcastle in 17th with 36. And then a nine-point gap here as Fulham is in relegation zone with 27 points. West Brom with 26. And Sheffield United with 17 uh logan i'll pitch it to you first here anything that stuck out to you this weekend about any of those games oh man uh not really anything crazy uh, i guess um i mean it is getting closer to that time where you're kind of looking at the, the again we talk about it every week is that top four and how it's going to shake out it's still kind of like in this weird spot i, I you kind of need it to get to down to like 36, 37 matches before you start to like, okay, this is what's could happen. This is, you know, the, the instances that could happen where, you know, Liverpool passes so-and-so. But, you know, I, I think that if you're looking at teams that, um, I guess, need points, uh, Leicester didn't grab three points. They drew. Um, so I think that that was something that, that caught my eye, that uh, a team that, Again, we talked about this all year as they kind of had this up and down. I think they could have been more competitive with City or uh, United up top um, if they had just been consistent over the match. But losing, or uh, sorry, drawing with, with Southampton, who have really been struggling, I think that was, for me, that was big just because of you know, the fact that people are starting to chase them down and they need three points. Uh, I think that they're at a time where they need three and, and grabbing just the one while the other ones are starting to grab three because the, the three right behind them grab three. Um, I think that that's, you know, some concern for, for Leicester because, you know, they've got ambitions of playing in Champions League and they can't afford to fall down any further. Um, whereas I think Chelsea and, and West Ham are starting to sneak up and creep up a little bit. Um, so I guess Leicester was the one that caught my eye the most. But there's just not, again, like we talked about, there's just not a lot going on at this point because relegation's set in stone. And now you're starting to see these teams kind of fall into their places that they are in the top six or so. Matt, anything stuck out to you this weekend other than the postponement or, you know, about the actual <laughs> games being played here? No, it, it pretty much everything Logan said to down pat. I mean, it just feels like we've gotten to a point where it would be not catastrophic, but it, it would be interesting to see if something happens, you know, kind of between the three to seven range. I mean, I guess it could change, but. I don't really see anything happening there. And all the mid-table teams are just kind of, you know, doing their own little way to the end of the season, just trying to get there. Um, and even relegation, like you kind of said, Fulham and West Brom are fighting for 18th and 19th, if that means anything to them, which it probably doesn't. But, um, yeah, we're just kind of going through the motions 
Tottenham looked good. I all those goals they scored kind of makes you wonder if if they played Gareth Bale more. You know what could have been maybe on that team because he certainly yeah. looks like he plays well every time. I um, don't get it. Yeah, I don't get why he wasn't playing. <laughs> um, I mean, some of the big teams have big games coming up. I know Chelsea's schedule is like a gauntlet of just constant big game after big game. So especially if um, that Man City Chelsea game could be huge actually because of Liverpool. United getting canceled means that game might mean City play harder. So maybe that ends up being a bigger deal. God, they really do play tons of games here. Real Madrid, then City, then Arsenal, then Leicester, then Leicester, then Chelsea. No, Aston Villa. Sorry, I was reading the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, they have... Inner big, squad. <laughs> I mean, they have, like, a pretty big gauntlet of games. So that, that could be something to watch, I guess, but... Even then, I don't think any team behind them really deserves Champions League. I don't think West Ham does. I don't think Tottenham does. Liverpool certainly don't. Um, so you're just kind of getting ready for the Euros and hoping maybe some transfer deals. But, yeah, it just I think that's the one weird thing when it comes to soccer. Is yeah. We're so used to the American sports that at this time of the year, yeah, you know if your team's making the playoffs or not, but you still have the playoffs in terms of who's going to become the champion. Whereas sometimes you get to this point with, uh, you know, the European soccer soccer leagues where it's like, and not much can change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, city's not really playing for anything. I don't really feel like United, they have an outside chance. Technically they're not playing at all, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, they really have an outside chance. It is. It's, it's very weird, but you know, it's, just the way the sport runs. I'll still watch the Liverpool games, just even though I don't think they're going to go very far, but just something to watch. Just a shame when the season started off so great. I was like, man, we started this podcast at the right time. And then it was like, nope. <laughs> City take, runs so, away with it. it was, I'd say City just went that, there's nothing everybody. Wrong. There was nothing wrong with this season. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know about um, that. I have Let's, let's move United on. Is a complaint. <laughs> let's move on real quick. We got uh, let's preview the weekend. Friday, Leicester plays against Newcastle. They got to get three points there. Uh, you have Leeds versus Tottenham on Saturday at seven thirty. They have Sheffield versus Palace. Manchester City versus Chelsea is a big one on Saturday at twelve thirty. It could be a preview of the Champions League final. We're going to get there in a second. Liverpool versus Southampton at three fifteen. Then on Sunday, we have Wolves versus Brighton at 7 o'clock. Aston Villa versus Manchester United if they can play at 9 o'clock. West Ham versus Everton at 11.30. And Arsenal versus West Brom at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Monday, Fulham versus Burnley at 3 o'clock. What an enticing matchup. Um, And then we got some midweek games, but we'll talk about those next week. Yeah, I will say this. This could make it interesting. If, if. Leicester and Chelsea don't get points. That could really be interesting because they not only still face each other, but then they have big games that following Wednesday. You know, Leicester play United, Chelsea play Arsenal. And then I, I do want to say their next game is against each other. I know it's happening at some point. Yep. And then their next game is against each other. So that is a big week for Leicester and Chelsea, I think, this, this upcoming game. If I'm a Chelsea supporter, I'm thinking I actually want Manchester City to win this game on Saturday because I don't know if uh, you can beat them twice in a row 
if you have to play him in the Champions League final. So uh, I think that would be the way to go. If you're a Chelsea supporter, you're probably rooting for City. I don't know if you're rooting for them, but you'd be like, okay, if we can lose this one, but win the Champions League final if we play them, then that's good. Like, that's, that's fine, right? Like, I'm sure it would upset a lot more City fans uh, to lose the Champions League final against Chelsea than it would to lose this Premier League Saturday 12:30 kickoff against Chelsea. So, uh, if you're out there, Chelsea fans, that's probably the what I would think as uh, that's the way you should probably be leaning for because I doubt you're beating Pep Guardiola twice in the span of 21 days. Um, obviously, you're trying to press for top four and you're going to try to get everything, but so maybe a draw. But uh, I don't know about that. Um, how upset would you be, Logan, if if Chelsea uh, you, you you beat Chelsea in this one, but you lose in the Champions League final to Chelsea? I mean, this has come down to what we consider Pep. Uh, you know, as City fans, they, I know that that's the big discussion. If he can't win it this time, then it might be a long time before we win one. Um, just because the fact that I think that the Erling Haaland's going to go somewhere else. I think that Chelsea's going to keep spending, and I think Liverpool is just going to get better again. So, yeah, this is huge. And if you went and won a Premier League match and just absolutely thwarted them and then just turn around and drop a Champions League final game, then, yeah, I, I feel like that that would be... It sounds big, peak no, no. city, though. It does. It does, it? yeah. It sounds right. It sounds like... I don't it like sounds it 100% right. I, I actually think now that Tuchel's taking notes going, oh my God, Jordan, you're right. We should lose this game because there's no way we can I'm just be- saying, you don't go all out for this one because right. then Pep's going to be like, all right, so that's what they did. Yeah, when no, we I wouldn't show any no, tactic. You, yeah. you, you do a whole different tactic. Yeah, you yeah, play totally I think different. You put, I think you put... Um, I think you put your your lost uh, souls that you have in Chelsea, the people that you just collect and they don't play soccer anymore. Um, or like P- Petr Cech in goal. Uh, throw <laughs> throw Frank out there for like a, a little send-off or something. Have him play. Yeah, and his dad bod now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Zayic is striker. Just absolutely throw it completely for a loop. You know, you could probably win that one then, too, because that would be like, Pep would be like, I don't even know what this lineup is. Like, this is not what <laughs> I was expecting. True. What is this? Um, it's okay. I'm still waiting for Pep to field six in the back in the Champions <laughs> League final. Yeah, so we got, let's move on, talk some Champions League. But before we do real quick, Harry Kane leads the leads the Premier League in goals with 21, Salah in second with 20, and Son in third with 16. That's right, 37 goals created by Kane and Son. I'm really excited for Kane to come over to City. It's going to it's gonna be a oh, great yeah. time, and um, I really really look forward to him. Top talent in Premier League easily. Yeah, everybody go listen to episode number 39 yeah. nope. of this show where we had a discussion about Harry Kane uh, and see how Logan came out on that if you haven't done that. Uh, so uh, we had... PSG versus Manchester City in the Champions League. And uh, I was rooting for PSG in this one. Really wanted to stick it to Manchester City. Um, PSG is the only one that didn't join the the Super League out of the ones remaining. And uh, they start out hot. 
they start out hot. They're they're playing well. They're like, woohoo, we scored a goal. This is fantastic, right? That's what they're thinking in Paris. They're like, oh my goodness, this was awesome. Why didn't we do this sooner? And then they get out in halftime, and then Manchester City comes out and says, ha, we switched it up on you. And they come out hot, and they win 2-1. to one In what was a crazy game, we had Marquinhos score 15 minutes in, then Kevin De Bruyne 64 minutes in, 71 minutes in, Riyad Mahrez scores. And then 77 minutes in, PSG gets a red card. Completely collapsing. And they still had a higher XG for people that take stock in that than Manchester City. Um, and uh, there you go. But this is two away goals, too. So it's, it's kind of even more brutal. PSG needs to score at least two at the Etihad, if that's where they're playing. Is that where they're playing? I don't know. If yeah, that's where. The, yeah, go that's there. Not, I don't know. Okay, there you go. Um, I don't know what these rules are right now because Chelsea, I didn't think, played at Stamford Bridge in one of their games. Um, so there you go, uh, Logan. Let's get a little check for you here. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, this matchup? And are you feeling good going into leg two, which is tomorrow, May the fourth? Yeah, I mean. Uh... Uh, the second half city was the city that uh, we finally, for the first time in a while, finally looked good again, like healthy again. And it looked because De Bruyne was kind of playing this false nine. He kind of dropped back more towards the midfield and, and was more creative in the midfield like he should be. But, you know, we're playing without a striker. We're playing without a nine because it seems that Aguero and Jesus can not figure it out. Um, but no, I, I'm feeling confident. I think that Pep... Finally has the lineup. I think you'll see Zinchenko, you know, Diaz, Stones, and Walker. Um, Ederson had more touches than Mbappe did in the match. Um, so that meant Ruben Diaz was like uh, white on rice on him. Um, kind of just gave him a tough time. And, and when you take Mbappe out of the game, I think that that's a, a big issue for PSG. And, and now there's a lot of reports out that he might not be healthy enough to play 90 minutes against City. So... Um, maybe not play at all. So I think that that's a, that's a big thing because then you're only worried about trying to track down Neymar. And I think that, again, I, I love the way that Carragher put it. He said, um, you know, PSG has the best two talent or, or the best talent uh, out of the two individuals, um, but City have by far the better team. And I thought that the second half really proved that. I thought that, you know, when you look at the teams, um, you've got two really good talents and Neymar and Mbappe, with, you know, argument could be De Bruyne and behind maybe. But, um, but yeah, I th- I'm feeling confident. I think Pep finally has got it figured out where he can play Zinchenko. I think he made a huge difference. So I hope he plays left back instead of Joao. Um, but other than that, you know, 2-1, that's a tough, that's a really tough thing to do in the Etihad is to score against City. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't feel good for PSG because what? That means they have to either win 2-0 or 2, what is it, 2 no, three two or something like that. Like it, it's got to be. There's like some weird math, and they've got to be able to draw with City. So I don't know. It doesn't seem likely. They can win. They can win two one. I think. Right. Yeah, it would, they would go extra to time. Two, yeah. Two. Yeah. Two one would get them extra think, time. But if it's three two, then they win. Yeah, because away goals. Yeah. Yeah. So City don't want to give up three goals. Two goals right. they can still if they score one. But if you yeah. give up three. Yeah, 
fun math. Yeah, the math's just not good. Like it, it just doesn't. And with Mbappe not a hundred percent, he's definitely not going to be a hundred percent, even if he plays. So that that that's a big that's a big issue. Uh, I am worried though. I I'm telling you, I don't want to see Chelsea. Uh, I think that we've had we have some confidence against Real because we hell we just played him in August. Um, I know that that sounds crazy because you can go, that was last season. Well, not really. It's kind of on the end of that weird schedule last year that we played them. And I felt confident against them. I thought City were much better. Um, I am scared of Chelsea. I don't know why. Um, I just feel like Tuchel can figure Pep out because I think he's had enough chance to do so. Matt, what's your thoughts here? Uh, who do you have? Uh, who do you have moving on? PSG and Real Madrid, because I don't want to watch either of those other two teams in the final. Hey, can you not do that? Good <laughs> lord. Matt, or Jordan, we can kick him off, right? <laughs> we can just I will say, uh, you know, Real Madrid with Perez <laughs> is, uh, that's been a mess. So it'd be nice if they did get knocked out here. Um, as, the, as the Liverpool fan in me, I can't root for either of your teams. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not how I, it's not how I function. I don't want to see Chelsea, but I'm going to root for Chelsea because I'd rather see Jordan happy than Real Madrid fans. They were the wow. they, Real now Madrid make, was. Now you just make me sound like an ass. No, but they are the Super League. <laughs> like Real Madrid is the Super League. He's he's the scumbag behind it. So why give him any kind of satisfaction in winning a Champions League when he clearly doesn't deserve one? Yeah, my whole thing is if Real Madrid gets to the final, they're probably winning. That's just how they are. Yeah, yeah they've had Ronaldo. <laughs> they've had Ronaldo at those chances. That's a little different. Than... They, I mean, you can tell me uh, they look good, Matthew, but they're, they're playing. They I mean, played they Liverpool they, at a half mast, and they didn't look Chelsea. good against Chelsea. But Liverpool right, aren't Chelsea, that good. That's what I was saying. Chelsea's better than Liverpool right now. I will say they didn't look like, good against Chelsea, but they still got a one-one draw. I mean, that's yeah, what's scary say, about yeah. them. That, oh, they, I mean, they turn on Champions League. They turn on Champions League football. Like when they turn on their Champions League mode, it's like when a person is laying, like you know, like when you're in FIFA, right? And you're just laid back, relaxing, and then so, like stuff gets real, and you have to lean forward out of your chair. That's like Real Madrid Champions League. They're like, oh, now I gotta, now I gotta lean forward so I can get closer to the TV so I can play better, and that's how they play. And it's, uh, I, I just think, you know, if, if Chelsea can't get the job done, I, I think they would beat either team that gets a final because they're just Real Madrid, and that's what they do. Yeah, but I, I mean, look at what I, I could be wrong, but look at their groups. I think their grouping was Barcelona, who was just awful. Who else was who? in their group? Are you talking about Real Madrid? Yeah, who was in their group? They had like the group of death. They had Yeah, they um, couldn't they couldn't have they couldn't have uh, they had, Barcelona. Yeah, they had they had Inter Milan, they had Mönchengladbach, and they had Shakhtar. Was it Shakhtar? Okay. Yeah. I'm so are you sure, Shakhtar? They usually play City, so I'm pretty. That's yeah, yeah. No, we had we had, we had and God, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, that that was no. We usually get Muchin or uh, what the hell is the other one? Uh, Shakhtar or I forget who uh, else is the other. Some Porto team in tier, tier four in England. Probably. Yeah, something like that. Um, but no, like, but I'm, I'm just saying that they haven't had like the 
best of Champions Leagues. I'm just looking back at August, and they haven't done anything since August, adding anything, and they were... They are not. They were not a very good team when we lost all them. Like when City lost all them. So that's where I base that off. They were I, horrible. I, I don't think they're the team that you saw last year. I do think mm-hmm. they. I do think they're better, but I. I they're definitely not the Real Madrid that yeah. everybody has seen in the last five years. I think a lot of it has to do with Ronaldo, and also their yeah. signings just aren't that great. Um, very young guys, though. They have a lot of young players who I feel like they're trying to somewhat, you know kind of uh, coach up. I, mm-hmm. I do think they do. I think in terms of that game, I actually somehow think Real Madrid should come out of that game feeling better than Chelsea did. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Chelsea should have put them away. Like, yeah. they should have won that game. Handedly. Three, three, four, like, three, four, or four, three, one. Like, they're... Yeah, Pulisic scored early on. He also laid one off to Werner, who missed it, you know. Um, so they okay, had a lot like, of chances. But like, here's my there's my argument. You just answered your own. Like, if Chelsea, who can barely score to save their lives in the Premier League, can go in and, and smash up on a Real Madrid a little bit and should have won handily, then and what makes City? I mean, not in City. What makes Real? Uh, you know, that I get it. It's Champions League. They win, but they haven't won Champions League since Ronaldo left. So you, uh, that's a whole different. It's not all one thing. guy though. Ronaldo only scored a few know, penalty but, kicks. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's such he a difference. A, like in the defense, the defense has to worry about him. It's. I, I think the fact that it's one game that's tied. I know Chelsea has yeah. the away goals. A lot of weird stuff could happen because I. I personally don't think Real Madrid are the Real Madrid that played that game against Chelsea, but I also don't think they're the Real Madrid that beat Liverpool three one. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, yeah, I think that, that City was a complete city. outlier on that yeah. one. I think that was one of their worst I games. I mean, Benzema, played. I think, has more Champions yeah, League goals good. since yeah. Ronaldo left than Ronaldo has. Like, he, he yeah. has been – so, just, there you go. I, I think the way, it, the way it is is that Chelsea haven't exactly been proficient or even prolific in terms of goal scoring. So, to, to think they might not score a goal in this game is, I think, more likely than – you would want to realize if you're a Chelsea fan, like I, all it takes is one, you know, pass to Benzema and it's, it's one nil. And then who knows what could happen? Like we've seen, even with Tuchel, Chelsea aren't exactly goal scoring, you know, they're not goal scoring like crazy. Um, so it, I, I think in terms of it, it, of the two teams that have the advantage, obviously I think Chelsea should be the more concerned one. Cause I don't really think PSG are going to kind of reverse it as much as I would like them to. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling uh, in that game. Uh, I'm thinking PSG Madrid final. I'm going to lock that in. That's brutal. I'm going to lock I that in I just don't now. see how that's think, possible. Like, I how, I, I'm, I'm a city homer, but like... I mean, yeah, you really are. Tough. PSG just need yeah. to win 2-0. Uh, without Neymar? I mean, not Neymar without Mbappe. I don't know, I just they, Mbappe they was with... pretty silent last time, and they only lost by one. So I feel yeah. like, yeah, you can do that. I think it's going to depend on the first goal. I, I, whoever scores that first goal, if if City score that first goal and put themselves up three one, where yeah. PSG are like, now we got we we got to score two goals. It still doesn't change anything for one. PSG, honestly. But I think the way PSG run, I feel like they are going to look at it as one game, and they're going to be like, if we get the first goal, we got to just get the second one. But if they don't get the first goal, then they're going to look at it and be like, great. Like, 
we got to chase down. I just think it adds it adds up so much more pressure. I think to them if they don't get that first goal, but if they get it, maybe something crazy happens. You never know. I mean, you get yourself an away goal. City haven't scored. If I'm if I'm Pochettino, what I'm telling my team is it doesn't even matter if you give up the first goal. Until we're down two nil, this thing is not over. Like you need two goals if they score one, and you need two goals if they don't score one. So just go out there and try to get two goals. Doesn't matter if you score first. Don't freak out if you don't score first. And then you know, well, it's over once they score a second one. At that point, uh, but that's how we do it. Pochettino definitely knows how to make a big comeback at the end. Yeah. He also knows how to squander really, really just awful games in the Champions League final. Wow, I don't think he squandered anything. Liverpool just got beat by a better team. It's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with Matt on that. <laughs> no, I agree. That, no, I agree. But I, I'm just saying that, that that Pochettino getting guys up to play never seemed to be his song suit. His song suit? Yeah, I don't know. Song. Uh... Yeah, or his song suit. <laughs> Let's go to the uh, let, let's go over to the Europa League. Manchester United beat Roma six two in the first leg. Villarreal beat over. Villarreal <laughs> beat Arsenal two uh, one. I don't know, Matt. Look, if you're Roma, you just got to think. <laughs> at, you need four goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that one's probably over. Uh, it started out pretty good, though. Look at this. Nine minutes in, Bruno Fernandez scores. Not a penalty either. There you go. Uh, 15 minutes in, Pellegrini scores. Uh, 34 minutes in, Edin Dzeko scores. To hey! give a 2-1 lead going into the half. Then, Edison Cavani, 2-2. Edison Cavani, 3-2. Bruno Fernandez penalty, 4-2. Paul Pogba, 5-2. Mason Greenwood, 6-2, assisted by Edison Cavani. Cavani, with two goals and an assist, uh, two assists. Remember when I said he would be a good pickup for United? I was right, and they're trying to sign him again for next year now. So, uh, suck it, Cavani haters. And we're going to then... uh, (laughs) That one's probably over. Villarreal, though, has a 2-1 lead over Arsenal. This one was in. Uh, uh, this one was uh, away for Arsenal, so they have an away goal. They're kind of in a opposite PSG situation where they have one away goal, and City have two away goals, right? Uh, so they kind of in an opposite thing here. Manuel Trigoros, if I said that right, took the lead one nil five minutes in. Then Raúl Albiol scored to make it two nil. You get a second yellow card for Daniel Ceballos for Arsenal in the 57th minute. And then in the 73rd minute, you get a penalty kick. Pepe scores. And then you get a red card, second yellow, on Villarreal to make it both down a man and a 2-1 final score. So that has some cool stuff going into leg two as well. Um, what was it? What was it last year? It was United versus was United? United was in the final versus Sevilla, Sevilla no. right? Yeah. Was it United? I don't think they. I thought United hadn't made a final. I thought it was a different team. It was definitely Sevilla. I do. I thought it was Sevilla that. United. It was, Inter. Yeah. it was Inter Milan, wasn't it? I thought that was the semifinal. 
I thought it was. I... Let me look it up. I'll just look it up while we're sitting here. Europa League, 2020. I can't tell you that United game was boring. They just. I was gonna say, what do you, what do you do next in that match? Like, do you, like, do you just put a bunch of randos? uh, I mean, it was Inter Milan. Sorry, yeah, Sevilla played uh, Manchester United in the semis. Mm. When Liverpool needed four goals against Barcelona, Klopp played nobody. (laughs) I was gonna say, how do you play that game? That'd be the hardest part. If you're Villarreal, you just. Or if you're United. If you're United, you play no, some United, younger you guys. Play, what, Van de Beek and the younger guys? <laughs> Let's be honest. Van de Beek's probably still not seeing the field on this one for just whatever play the, like play 11 fans that come out there and protest. Just play them. That'd be fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that works perfectly because you're like, you know what? If you guys think it's so easy, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> the owners can go play, and then the, Sevilla pe- or the, um, the Roma people can just bash them in. Great. Oh my. Uh so that's that's our Champions League Europa League uh look at there. Let's quickly just talk a little bit. Uh Syria uh, this was official now. Inter Milan is the champion with their brand new awful crest. Mm-hmm. Um they are the champions, eighty-two points. Atalanta in second with 69, Juve in third with 69, AC Milan in fourth with 69. Nice. Uh, then you got Napoli in fifth with 67, Lazio in sixth with 64, and then Roma in seventh with 55. So uh, we said at the beginning of the season, right, that Juventus would not win the title this year. I'm not sure if we said Inter Milan had a good shot. I'm pretty sure we did, because we were talking about how much we liked yeah, that Milan team, yeah. right? Yeah. And here they are. They're champions. They ended the 10-year run of Juventus. That's pretty big. I I really enjoy this. Uh, I wish they wouldn't have changed their crest. Um, this one looks bad. But I, I, you know, hey, there's one prediction that's right. As you'll see with some of our other predictions... Uh, they're not going to be right. We're never going to talk about those predictions again. We're going to keep highlighting the ones that we nail because that makes us look smart. Um, so we will. That's what we'll keep pushing. And this is one of those that we said, Juventus is not winning. I, we put the clip out there too, I believe. Um, it was like one of our first episodes. We said Juventus is not going to win this, and they didn't. It's official now. We can officially gloat. So congratulations to Inter Milan. Uh, there was some rumors already that uh, Chelsea want to move on from Timo Werner and get Lukaku. And I was like, I don't know if that makes any sense. Because, one, it's probably just tabloid talk, but, like, one, Frank Lampard wanted Declan Rice, and Chelsea didn't want to buy him because they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We had him as a youth player. We sold him. We don't want to look foolish going back to them. Could you imagine how foolish you would look having to pay a higher fee for Lukaku than you originally bought him for and sold him for? <laughs> like It wouldn't make any sense. So uh, I don't think they would do that if they were worried about Declan Rice. Um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, any thoughts, Matt, here on, on the Italian league uh, being wrapped up? Mm-hmm. No, that's good for Inter. You know, it was kind of boring watching Juventus win all the time. Now somebody could 
knock off Bayern eventually so we can get some uh, variety in some of these champions. Um, I was going to say Ajax won the Eredivisie again. Um, I know that that happened, and so did Zanit. They won the Russian League again. So start seeing some teams. You know, it'd be nice to see some teams kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, so seeing Inter yeah. win again is, is nice. Um, kind of hoping for, I believe it's Lille. I'd like to see them kind of finish off their season, get a new champion. City's whatever. They've won like 50 titles in the last three years, so I don't really care about that. Um, but, yeah, it's just good to see. Logan, I was going to say, what, what if there was a league that uh, was over here stateside that didn't have a predictable winner each year? Uh, is this the Super League? It is a Super League. It's Major it's League Soccer. Yeah. Uh, Logan, if you want to give the listeners a little preview of what we're going to be talking about tomorrow on Stateside Soccer Show. Yeah, we're going to talk about why Orlando City um, is favorites and, and could very potentially become the next Manchester City. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think uh, next week, uh, sorry, next week, well, this weekend, uh, we had some really interesting matchups, um, some games in MLS that, uh, again, initially, when you look at MLS, it's great because you, you look at the schedule and go, okay, that's not going to be a good match. But just because the league is so unpredictable and wild, um, the, the matchups that you didn't think were going to be so good are really good. Um, El Traficos this coming weekend, so we'll definitely be previewing yeah. that and talking that. Um, we're going to have the guys from the final third on to talk some uh, Minnesota United struggles. Uh, they really uh, the worst start in their history, in their franchise history. Um, they're a young club, but still uh, a historically bad start. I think they've got like you know a goal differential of like six or something. Yeah, six. minus six. Yeah, and yeah. they have three straight losses. Two of those at yeah. home, only scoring one goal and mm-hmm. giving up seven. In their first three games, pretty bad yeah. start. Yeah, so we we were talking about that, and against two teams that are rebuilding their whole, you know, image, and they're not rebuilding, but building an image and then rebuilding an image in RSL and Austin. So, uh, yeah, so we'll have them on to talk some. Um, we'll have AJ and Jack on to talk some Minnesota United, and uh, looking forward to that, and kind of looking back over the weekend, which the, the CCL teams really struggled, and everybody else seemed to fare pretty well. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to to getting into that and some more MLS and uh, that uh, that the the uh, U.S. Men's National Team has some meaningful games coming up in about a month. So that's uh, getting more and more exciting as uh, Daryl DK and you know Cade Cowell and all these young kids are starting to kind of just emerge from the from the scene. Brendan Aronson had a goal, uh, won a cup, so. Um, yeah, looking forward to all this exciting stuff going on that we'll, we'll sure be covering tomorrow. So, Yeah, we're also on YouTube for those now, too. So you can watch us, uh, our beautiful faces, as we uh, as we break those down. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League, uh, tomorrow, May 4th, 8 o'clock, Philadelphia Union over Atlanta United. We'll talk a little bit, I guess we'll preview that one a little bit, even though... By the time it releases, it'll probably be over. But the Union have a 3-0 lead going into leg number uh, two. And man, did that set off the Atlanta fans uh, last week. And then we also have Toronto <laughs> versus Cruz Azul uh, at 10-15. Those are on the Fox channels, Fox Sports 1. Um, then on the 5th, we have Columbus Crew versus Monterey. And Portland versus 
uh, Club America. So lots of stuff to look forward to, lots of great guests. If you want to follow us on the uh, on the internet, you can follow us on Twitter at Stoppage Show. Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us Stoppage Time Show at gmail.com or Instagram us at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. I think that about wraps up everything. We kind of covered everything in a good time to this week as it kind of winds down. You know, uh, City is pretty much gifted the title at this point, so we're just going to be looking Thanks. forward to Champions League. And like Matt said, the Euros this summer, we'll probably have some Euros coverage at some point. Uh, hopefully a little bit of talking euros maybe um but other than that have a great rest of your week we will catch you all next time and may the fourth be with you Kane has stolen it at the death that's what he's there for thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show we hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.